0: Hi, welcome to another episode of More Sports. I'm your host, Devin Moore. And uh, I want to do something a little bit different today. I wanted to review a Netflix documentary. Of course, I wanted to go over the newest Netflix documentary, The Wrestlers. And uh, I got a little bit of notes for it. It's a good documentary overall, but I'm going to go ahead and give you guys uh, my notes on it. So here we go in three, two, one. All wrestling notes. So Netflix, The Wrestler... Uh, the show follows the promotion OVW, aka Ohio Ohio Valley Wrestling, and uh, if you don't know who Ohio Valley Wrestling is, it is the development the developmental stomping grounds between Brock Lesnar, John Cena, Dave Batista, The Miz, and Randy Orton, Benjamin Shelton, and even revived the career of the Big Show. In recent years, under new management of the WWE, oh. And also, the show did that for many number of years, and now in OVW's uh, current state, it's under new management of WWE legend Al Snow. And the show starts off by showing AVW struggling to stay afloat, and one of the co-owners, a.k.a. Matt, who I personally can't stand, but I'll get to more of that later, has an idea to run a big summer tour to hopefully bring the promotion back to its glory days. I did enjoy the show throughout as they did one-on-one interviews with the fans and we got to meet a special fan, Gracie, the seven-year-old with a big mouth, and she just had a blast. She just had a blast every time they showed her on screen. She was showing signs that says like uh she's one of my favorite moments from her when she popped on screen was she'd always carrying a sign that says, You suck on them, And I just I just thought it was hilarious. And I actually did a synopsis of The main, the people that the uh, documentary main focused on, so the first one I'm going to go over is my least favorite person in the documentary is Matt. And, uh, overall, when the documentary started, I hated him as an owner. He had no idea how to run the business, and he had no intentions to build a relationship with the wrestlers at first, okay? He was kind of coming in. He was like one of those managers that he was barking orders bossing people around and like uh, you could just when they cut to the other wrestlers they're like oh we can't stand matt matt's terrible he's just terrible you know xyz i can't stand matt he doesn't know how to run the business even al snow the new manager like i said al snow's the manager he's like yeah i just don't have a relationship with matt but halfway through the documentary uh he had a seizure on camera and after the seizure it seemed to have changed him a little bit a little bit and he actually tried to build relationship with many of the wrestlers on the roster throughout, which is pretty good. I kind of like the documentary kind of paint him as a, which everybody knows with documentaries, they try to sell you a narrative, and they kind of sell Matt as the bad guy, which, I mean, in my opinion, he wasn't really a bad guy. He was kind of a jerk, and example was, I thought he was kind of a jerk at times, but I also thought, you know, he kind of got worked up and he was anxious easily. There'd be times where they'd be out, they would have a show on the tour, and he's like, oh, I'm too nervous to watch this, I'm getting in my car and I'm leaving. So he'd get up and leave, which it is what it is. I don't blame him. So, yeah, transitioning to the other character was the owner, Al Snow. Al Snow, owner of the OVW and we see. And the show does a great job of showing his background, his career. What really got him over the top was his gimmick with the head. He thinks he's alive. Uh, My personal favorite of him, you know, growing up, I remember seeing him. That's how old my age is here. I've seen him on WWE Raw um, fighting the match, uh, the, he used to walk around with a mannequin head, and he, people in the fans would scream, head, 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 and, you know, of course, it was the late 90s, and people were being radical and extreme, but, hey, it is what it is, so they gave you a little background story on that, showing him documentary footage of him on do- WWF, his tag team with McFoley, his idea, where he got the idea with the, st- with the head, I mean, all great things, and, uh, Although Al is stuck in his ways where he doesn't even watch other promotions to get an idea or to see what other approaches people are doing, he lives and dies by the way of TV. Because again, when he was in the wrestling business, active wrestler, during the 90s, 2000, even late 80s, television was the way to go. And he's stuck in that way where he doesn't realize that social media is an even bigger, powerful thing. And then you had my least female character, which was Haley J. Haley J. I really didn't care for the character in the ring. I really didn't care for the character, and the ring was pretty decent, but I wouldn't say she's the best, like she said she is. However, I did have a pretty, although she did have a pretty rough, pretty rough life. And instead of playing the victim, she just kept moving forward. I was glad to see that she got an opportunity to perform for uh, Women of Wrestling, W O O, even though it was only for a short three weeks. Even though it was a short group even though it was a short few weeks, at least she got an opportunity to go out of, FD, of OVW, and people enjoyed it. Now I will say in the documentary they had they did a feud between her and her real life mom, which in my opinion it it was pretty lame overall. The feud started off good, but the death the quote unquote death match near the end was just one sided. The way they edited it, Harley j just dominated. But when the mom got a few shots in, but boy was it! But the mom got a few shots in, but boy, it was still lopsided. However, going through the table was a pretty cool finisher, and I just like i said overall Harley J., you know when you when they did her one on one interview she just she just seemed arrogant, know it all and you know trashy, but like I said, she didn't really play the victim because you know even when they showed her mom, her mom was in prison throughout, and that's why her mom got an arrested to give her an out, and you know because of her mom being in prison uh Harley J. had to be in foster care her and her brother. And like I just said, instead of her playing the victim and folding, she was like, oh, I'm going to do wrestling, too, just to get out and provide for my son. Again, she's a young 22-year-old. She had her son at 18. So, like I said, instead of her playing the victim, she's trying to figure it out. But, boy, when she was on that camera, gosh, she was just annoying. I found her more annoying, and I just couldn't stand her. I just couldn't stand her half the time. And she was a decent wrestler, and I can't wait to see what happens to her for her career to come. and and of course this next one here in the documentary file, which was my favorite character was good old cash flow and for some weird reason he was my favorite part of the show anytime they show cash flow which they didn't show him that much when they showed him hitting the big moves and just being over the over the head player oh over the hard player Well, he kind of came in and he just dominated players he was just the guy I did like how the show showed his personal life with his wife always being there for him and how they would be able to build a relationship with... Oh, how his wife was like, oh, yeah, we sacrificed so much for him to have his wrestling dream and X, Y, Z, even though they live in a small house. And even uh, Cash Flow said he's like, I gotta do this, I gotta do this, and it's not always easy. It's not always easy. And I like that how he kind of... I also like how they kind of showed him building relationships with people and things like that. Alright, so next on to my next favorite character, which this guy was a monster in the ring. Of course, it was Mahal Sari, who was just an overall monster in the ring. I just loved his match. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm getting ahead of myself, too. Every time he came to the ring. He was just a pure monster. He was there. He was their world heavyweight champion, and he would just dominate. They showed every one-on-one match. He just dominated. He would just do the old Goldberg kind of style, or Great golly Great Colley kind of style. And just slam people, spear people. I mean, you just couldn't stop him. Of course, my favorite part of—I him, mean, I know I'm not fanboying over him, but I just loved his match against Cowboy J, um, which they brought him in from an outside source. But, again, Rod, this is what was pretty cool about this documentary. They showed a bunch of behind-the-scenes stuff. And, of course, Al had to tell him, like, hey, you're going to have to lose this title. You're going to have to lose this title on purpose because if everything that goes to plan, you will get it back for the big summer tour. Which, in reality, after that match, he actually tore his rotator cuff bicep. He tore something. I couldn't remember exactly what he tore. But he was done and like you never saw Cowboy Cowboy Jay ever again in the documentary, by the way. So as far as we know as a consumer, he still got the OVW uh World Heavyweight Championship belt. Which I mean I'm sure probably right now in real time he doesn't, but uh as this documentary when it was getting filmed that summer, he still had that thing, so for all we know, Cowboy J's got it propped up on his fireplace mantle right next to his big buck he probably shot. And uh, and this is another good thing about this uh, documentary that, you know, I liked, even though he was a champ, you know, even though Mahal was was still the champ, he still needed a side job. And it just showed people that these indie wrestlers don't get paid much, or at all even. And it even said even Matt, the owner, well, I say Matt's the owner. Matt was one of the co-owners, but he was the main one on camera. He said that. How people can't be upset when before we took over, only like three or four people were getting paid. But now everybody's getting paid since we took over. And just things like that. And again, right, the show was on tour. And, you know, they were doing a quote-unquote summer tour. And throughout the venues, I found it funny that these were shows that took place throughout the venue. Uh, The first stop was a beer company, which I thought was funny because, you know, beer and wrestling is a good combination alright they were literally at a tiny beer factory literally like they had the first show they literally had to tell people they had to leave because the fire marshal was like hey it's a fire hazard it's a small space and we got too many people so they had to turn people away which is crazy the second stop of course was a golf course was a golf course which to me which to me was a weird combination because while the show was going on you see people in golf carts playing golf And giving them these dirty looks that it was weird. And after the second stop, after that, there was a church, which is very ironic. Because they had a wrestler that was a character being a demon. They had a demon character. Which I'm pretty sure he uh, wasn't involved in that show. And it was actually crazy the church had a big complaint during the documentary. Saying that they didn't want a certain character on there because he was being... Um, they used a the big word, it's basically making fun of religion and they cut back to one of the shows the very first show where he was in the thing and he was like a reverend and like they were giving him the Holy Spirit I mean they were kind of dancing around in the ring and things like that but the people at the church uh, was not very fond of that's so why like when they were at the fairground there were actually people complaining about the same wrestler's gimmick making fun of the religion that the people at the church venue didn't want that wrestler to show and it even shows how much these wrestlers struggle because this guy because the guy goes man he literally comes up to the mat and he goes man you need to pay me I need you need to pay me I need the money you booked me for this so I could have done something else and so that shows that these wrestlers put all their time and money into this show where they could have booked in with other venues to get the job done. Which wasn't which wasn't cool on Snow and Matt's part. But at the same time. When you opt out to a venue. And you got people complaining. It's like dude. And OVW was in piss poor shape. Don't get me wrong. Like they needed to go on tour. They needed to bring in. Uh, they needed to bring in an audience. So you kind of can't blame OBW And you, and you kind of can't blame. But you can blame him. Because apparently several wrestlers were saying that. Matt and Snow, Matt and Snow told us to. That we couldn't do anything. We had to book our calendar full, and we had a guy even say, and one of the things he was wearing, uh, he wasn't mentioned a lot in this documentary, but he was talking. He had an AEW mask on, and so excuse me, sorry about that. He had a mask on, saying that, hey man, I need to get paid. I need to get paid. And I was like, we're paying you, we're paying you, paying you. We just need to put on a good show. We're gonna pay you. We're gonna pay you, and things like that. Uh, my favorite venue, actually. Uh while they were doing all that they had a nice little montage. I had a montage of a musical number. They actually when they were on the fairground, they had some of the wrestlers competing in the wood chopping thing. Um wood chopping, climbing the trees, cutting the trees and doing the whole wheelbarrow in the water thing, which is not an easy thing. And as we go on to the next after that the next venue was a park, a literal park in Nashville, Tennessee. And I have to admit it was a smart idea. Since WWE was in town for the same week for SummerSlam, for SummerSlam, so wrestling fans were everywhere. If anything, that was probably their second to biggest show because when they pan out to the park, you just see people swarming all across that ring. Now, to be fair, I don't know if people thought it was a WWE thing or not, but hey, fans were in the seats, or in the stands, as I should say, since it was in a park. And which I thought was pretty cool, during that show, one of the wrestlers, Whose name was the certified one? Proposed to his longtime girlfriend, which was si- sweet to see after the show. One of the wrestlers who got arrested for doing drugs. Oh, yeah, after the Nashville show early on, this also shows that drug addiction also runs high in this documentary because at the start, they showed how Al talked about back in the day wrestlers were popping mollies like it was nothing, which it's no good here. In fact, one of the wrestlers during one of the, uh, the, during the fairground tour, uh, literally after the show ended, about 15 to 20 minutes after the show ended, the cops found him in a parking lot, uh, doing meth in the parking lot, and Matt and I was like, yeah, you gotta go, but he tried to come back, he tried to come back once he got clean, but it was up in the air at the time, so they had that intervention, and I was like, if this is the old ways, you wouldn't be coming back, but it's a new age, and you need to, you need to do this for a living, you gotta get back in the ring. And, of course, the last big arc of the thing was Al. Before the big show, we see Al debating on getting in the ring and deciding to do it. And deciding to do it. Also, the last episode started with a last match with a nature boy, Ric Flair. But, sadly, you hardly got to see any of the match, which I really wanted to see, Teton. And then you saw all these superstars, like Rey Mysterio was then non costumed but they had his face blurred out, which you're like, really? So you're like, boo. But it's, like, cool, you got to see... Ray Mysterio in that crowd, uh, Diamond Page Dallas in that crowd, uh, McFoley was in the crowd, all sorts of pretty big moments. Night of the Big Show was pretty dope. We watched Harley-J come in and dominate the women's match, but the Big Show really focused on our snow match, and it was intensely good. Not only did his team win the match, but people kind of gave him a standing ovation. It was pretty crazy. People were screaming. Head, 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 you know, all that with his gimmick, and it was just insanely good. So it's like, oh well, wow, all right, people really like Al Snow. And he got a stand ovation. They dominated the good guy because they were actually going all out. They even did a uh two days before the show, they even did a uh so the that wing was that uh, they did with Al Snow is they hooked him up with one of the commentators. One of the commentators goes on air, he beats a bad guy, you know, he talks all big and bad. About how he'll dominate he could whip Al Snow's tail in the ring. And they actually did a uh on radio because Matt, the co owner, owned a radio show in local Kentucky. And so they were sitting there talking smack all this and that and this and that. And Al even went over the board and he's like, Man, I'll stick a adult product up your radio. Oh, we gotta we gotta censor that on air. Can't be saying that on air. So he got pretty good. Of course, you know, they were doing a tag team match, if Al teams win, team wins then he goes one-on-one with a commentator for about five minutes. but they lose, then it's whatever. But, again, this documentary does a pretty good job of showing behind-the-scenes stuff, like pre-production of a show. Like, they showed how bullet points, how the writers were going to write a show for the week, and they all broke down. So everybody saw that I was going to win. But that's the magic of it. That's why people of non-wrestling fans understand. Like, yeah, look, yes, these people are not really in feuds with each other. They're not in love with each other. not half-sisters, X, Y, Z, or whatever. But part of the fun is when you go into that building, you don't know what you're going to get, and that's just part of the fun. Of course, that's me as a wrestling fan. I'm just like, I don't care. I don't care. It's fun. The games are fun. I'll be honest. The games are really fun. Or they were until 2017, 20, 20, WWE 2, 2K20. Oof. Drop the bombshell on that. But hey, 2K22 is pretty fun. Haven't played 23 yet. But overall, that's pretty much how it is. And then my last thoughts on this was I thought I did enjoy this documentary. My only complaint is I wish we had more time of watching the wrestling shows during the tour. Like I said, you don't get a lot of you don't get a lot of wrestling itself. You get a lot of behind the scenes stuff and a lot of just really nonsense drama. And there's just this is what enough wrestling itself, you know. Again, if you're a wrestling fan and you want to see the behind the scenes stuff and you want to get to know the actual people, it's great. But if you're like, "Oh man, I'm gonna sit down and watch some wrestling," well, there just wasn't enough actual wrestling going on. It was just bits and pieces of the show. But if I had to give this documentary, I gave it a solid seven out of ten. All right. Like I said, my only complaint was there's not enough actual wrestling. It was more behind the scenes stuff, which is good. It was great. You got to see these people outside of the ring, how they really were, and things like that. You got to see. Bits and pieces of how a show was done during the week leading up to a weekly televised show. So that was great. Just my only complaint was you didn't see the finished product of a match or promo. Because they would show. Um, They did a scary Halloween promo bit and showed how they were filming it from like 8 o'clock tonight to about 2 o'clock in the morning. And you really didn't see it all the way through. Like even they would cut to where they would be behind the quote unquote curtain laughing at it on the TV monitor, but it's like, dude, you couldn't watch it all the way through. You watch it, it got being made, which was cool, but you, you know, you saw it get filmed from one scene and they're like, two hours later they come to all right, scene three out of four. It's like, well where's scene two? And you know, you're like, all right, scene seven out of seven. It's like, well we were just on scene three. So it's like you don't get to see the finished product. You can see how it's made, but you don't get to see the finished product. Well that's fun too. But again, if you're a hardcore wrestling fan it's a good behind-the-scenes, seeing how everything's done. So it's a great done on that. Again, the only complaints was there wasn't enough match time, in my opinion. But overall, I've had a rate again, a 7 out of 10. I enjoyed it. Go check it out on Netflix. It's called The Wrestlers. Go check it out. It's now available on Netflix. And that being said, guys, that wraps it up for this episode of More Sports. Hey, don't forget, you guys can, if you guys like what you heard today, you can go check out our other podcast, uh, The Random Hour, which is host with Kyle was on here for me a good bit. The Random Hour by Kyle Crump, and that's more of our variety show. You never know what you're going to get. I will say this: as this episode comes out, we did do. uh, We kind of went on a long rant about the Dragon Ball franchise, from Dragon Ball to Z, and we're going to get to. We haven't done Super yet, and we haven't done GT yet. Kyle hasn't watched GT, and I. I got a whole bunch of things to say about GT, and uh, and then hey. We got our movie podcast, Popcorn Buckets, where we check, you can check that out. We release one every, we review a movie every Sunday. And uh, that being said, hey, don't forget to check out our YouTube channel, Random Corporate, where we'll put a, we put the podcast episodes on there on YouTube for you guys to enjoy. And, and we got that YouTube channel. And hey, we're now available on Amazon. We're now available on Amazon Music. More Sports is available on Amazon Music and iHeartRadio. All you have to do is type in More Sports on Amazon Music, Amazon Podcast. Boom, we're right there. Hope to see you guys there. So, hey, more platforms to share with you guys. Until then, until then, guys, see you around.